What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, we got beer to drink, we got blood sport to talk, and Happy New Year. Today is Monday, January 2nd. Um, coming off of a pretty exciting weekend of cards, we had J- Japan's uh, December 31st blowout, their New Year's Eve blowout that they do every year. This year it was Ryzen versus Bellator. We're going to get into that, break down some of those fights that went on because they were some really good ones. It was interesting to see the promotions match up against each other. And then we're also going to look ahead at uh, fights that are coming later or coming up this year in the early part of this year, some of the more exciting ones. We're just going to run through a list of that and some MMA and boxing stories that are going on as well. But as always, we got beer to drink. Today's beer we're sipping on. It's Jackie O's off-duty lifeguard. Picked it up at the Kroger. Bop! Um, yeah, looking nice and pretty. It's a real light color. The camera, or the light over here makes it look a little darker, but it's like a citrusy, almost like a lemonade. We're going to try my fucker out and give her a score. pretty good a little bland a little bland but like a lot of like guava is that a thing i don't know yeah like a guava drink that's what it tastes like something that's guava flavored i don't know i like it i'll give it a give it a six six because yeah it's it's better it's better than a lot goes down smooth as hell. Damn sure better than the fucking Christmas sale we had last week. That stuff was trash. Alright. But the Bellator vs. Rising cross-promotion uh, matchup. Japan's thirty first December 31st blowout, however you want to call it. This thing's got a lot of history in it. Ryzen doesn't do it every year, but Japan does in some, some form, shape, or the other. They put on a huge combat sports event to close the year out. In the past, we had Muhammad Ali take on, on a professional wrestler and what a lot of uh, people say kind of gave the idea for MMA in a mixed rules fight with boxing and wrestling and whatnot. And then we also it also had Floyd Mayweather in years past do an exhibition. Bob Sapp was on it. Uh, Antonio Nogueira, Rampage Jackson, Hoist Gracie, Don Fry. The list goes on. It's a huge deal over there. It's like their Super Bowl, their WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, they're selling out these super arenas over there, filling it up with people just to see the December 31st show. This year's show was a one-of-a-kind Bellator vs. Rising cross-promotion. You never see that where two promotions put their best fighters up and they'll have them fight each other. Everybody's always wanting to hold it, hold on to their cards. They don't want to see if their people are better or um, risk their people getting knocked out by a lesser promotion. But these both these guys did it, Scott Coker with Bellator and then Rising's. Ryzen's uh, presidents and CEOs and whatnot. Now, the first fight that it, I had that I wanted to talk about here, it was John Dotson, former Ultimate Fighter, uh, former The Ultimate Fighter winner, um, two-time flyweight title challenger in UFC, and he's just all-around beast, one of the best flyweights to have ever done it, I think. He, he took on... Um, can't remember guy's name. He wasn't a big name in Ryzen. But it was a one-minute, 43-second knockout. Uh, John Dodson landed a nasty body shot that really hurt the guy, had him backing up. And then he uh, he really just finished him off with a hard right hand over the top, drops dude, 
and uh, that was all she wrote for John Dodson. So he's 3-0 and on the year now. He's got one bare knuckle boxing um, first round dis or first round knockout victory. He w he won his MMA fight earlier this year with X MMA, and then he wins his Ryzen fight, and he's got a long term contract with Ryzen. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do there. He's a super fun fighter. Oh, out of breath a little bit, I'm a little uh, stuffy. The weather's been changing, going from negative fucking twenty to fifty degrees today. So it's got my sinuses my allergies all fucked up but on the main card is John Dodson he wasn't taking on anybody from Bellator um, or doing any of that part of the cross promotion he was just on the undercard there on the main card it kicked off with God's Godzi Rabadanov with Bellator he took on Kyoji Takeda with Ryzen and this fight started off super fun uh, Rabadonov comes out and he's really finding his range. He's landing everything. He's throwing at Takeda and he drops him with a real hard shot in round one. Um, jumps on him and lands some good ground and pound, but Takeda survives. And in rounds two and three, um, Godzi Rabadonov, he's still landing some really good shots, but he starts shooting takedowns um, just because that's his base. He's Khabib Nurmagomedov's pupil. Had Khabib in his corner, but Kyoji Takeda, he showed some elite takedown defense. His scrambling and just his ability to stuff every takedown that Godzi threw at him, it was amazing. He even reversed one and ended up on top at one point. Um, and on the feet, Takeda was really landing some really good shots, some flurries on him. I thought that Takeda took rounds two and three. It was razor close, though. It could have gone either way. All three judges had it for Godzi Rabadanov taking the victory by unanimous decision. So that put Bellator up one to nothing on the night. And then in the next fight, we had Juan Archuleta, former Bellator champion. He took on Su Chul Kim, who's a former one championship champion, um, both at Bantamweight, I believe. And Archuleta came out in a sick Jaguar warrior outfit. He, uh, he had the headdress, the whole shebang for the, um, Paying homage to his Mexican roots with the Jaguar Warriors. It was super sweet. Best best walk out of the night, um, bar none. But yeah, with Su Chul Kim and Juan Archuleta, fight starts off, and Archuleta's finding his range immediately, just like Rabadonov was, landing some really good hard shots, um, getting comfortable in there. Su Chul Kim's landing some leg kicks, doing some damage on him, but for the most part, it seemed like Archuleta had um, been getting the better of the exchanges. And then in round two, you could really tell Archuleta was picking things up. He was really finding his rhythm. Um, Su Chul Kim, I think he got a takedown about halfway through the round and held him there for a minute. But Archuleta gets back to the feet and goes back right back to what he was doing, just dominating the stand-up game. And then in round three, Su Chul Kim, it seemed like he needed a finish to pull this one out. And he was threatening submissions, and he even had a choke locked in at one point. But Archuleta survives, and it ended up being a split decision. So I thought both those first fights had kind of controversial decisions. I thought Archuleta definitely won, but it should have been unanimous. And then with um, with Takeda versus Rabadonov, I personally thought Takeda won the fight. But that knockdown by Rabadonov, um, that might have swayed the judges at the beginning of the fight. Alrighty. And then in fight number three, right now we have Bellator up two to nothing. Fight number three, we had Kyoji Horiguchi. He took on... Hiromasa Ojikobe, and this is this was a trilogy fight because Horiguchi, he's fought for Bellator and Ryzen. This time he was representing Bellator, 
Um, and he's a former champion for both or for uh, Ryzen and Bellator as well. So he's a journeyman. He's been around the block. He's you know super experienced guy. He fought Ojakobi twice. He won by decision one time, and I think he choked him out the other time. Um, this fight was totally one sided. I thought um, Horiguchi was really finding his range on the stand up, and then once it got to the ground, Horiguchi stacked uh, Ojakobi Ojakobo up against the ropes and. Because they fight in a ring, not in a cage. So he's Horiguchi's leaning out over the second rope with um, with Ojikobo under the ropes, raining down punches outside of the ring on his head, real hard punches, straight ground and pound, just straight shots right through his skull to the to the canvas. Um, dude survived. He moves on, but Horiguchi unanimous decision, and it was not even close. Stop for a quick refresher. So that put Bellator up three to nothing. Then we had Pitbull Patricio Fieri. He took on Claber Coik or Claber Coiki, and uh, this was a champ v champ. Both Bellator's featherweight champ with uh, Pitbull and Claber. He's Ryzen's uh, uh, featherweight champ. Going too fast. This fight was really one sided as well. Um, Pitbull. He played it safe most of the fight. He was controlling distance. He'd let his hands go and land some really good combinations every now and then, but never really had Kleber in, damage, in danger. Kleber was trying to pull guard because he's a submission specialist, 27 submissions on his name. Um, tried pulling guard a few times. That didn't work. He came out with a nice little combination in the second round, which um, it caught Pitbull but didn't do a ton of damage. And he was landing a good front snap kick up the middle right on Pitbull's face, but Pitbull was just eating it, acted like it didn't do anything, and kept moving forward, and just really controlled the fight the whole time. Pitbull did um, landed the better shots, but it was it's kind of kind of a slower paced fight that one was. But Pitbull gets the unanimous decision, so it's four nothing Bellator. Goodness, I'm all stuffy. I'm all grainy of the fucking weather, man. <laughs> but in our final fight, we had AJ McKee. Uh, former featherweight, former featherweight champ for Bellator. He took on current Bellator lightweight champ Roberto Souza, and um, this fight was super competitive. McKee was doing a lot of good work on the stand up, landing good kicks, and um, using his range with his jab and his strikes. So the straight left was really catching Souza. It even cut him up at one point. But once it would go to the ground, it was really anyone's game. Souza would be on his back most of the time. He he did take McKee down at one point, but he uh he's on his back most of the time, pulling guard. He's got a really dangerous guard game. He's got four triangles in his last four fights, I want to say, and um, other than this one, of course. But he was really da- really threatening submissions to McKee off his back. McKee was doing a good job of uh, posturing up and staying out of danger. But there were a few times where the triangle looked like it was going to be locked in, or there was a choke that uh, Sozo was going to have locked in. But while all this is going on, McKee's really systematically picking out ground and pound that's not going to put him in danger of an armbar or a triangle, and he's picking up points that way. He ends up getting the decision by unanimous or the unanimous decision victory. Um, but it was super competitive because Sozo had him in danger a lot of times in the fight. It was just McKee never stopped working. Yeah. So five O Bellator on the night. It was a good night of uh, fights. 
you know, no knockouts other than the John Dodson thing, but that was on the undercard, not on the Showtime portion of it. It'll be fun to see what they're going to do next year. Um, with Bellator going 5-0, and it really does cement them as no longer a B-League organization, I think, because that's where I'd have Ryzen, right at the B-Leagues, right in the middle of it. Bellator swept them. Not to say they weren't competitive, but they didn't have one blemish on the night. And um, all their fighters were favored, but it does take a lot to not have one single defeat there. And then after the fight, um, PFL tweeted out Bellator versus PFL question mark. That would be super interesting to see because those are the upper echelon of the promotions that aren't named UFC. You know, six PFL champions or six PFL runner-ups maybe taking on six people from Bellator, preferably the champs at those divisions. I think that'd be really interesting to see because you see a lot of different styles from PFL to Bellator. PFL seems to have a lot of strike-heavy fighters, um, whereas Bellator, they have a lot of wrestlers, a lot of strikers too, but they have a lot of really strong wrestlers. Uh, Johnny Elbin, their champion. Um, Yabaslav Amasov, he's the he's a hard, just a badass wrestler. Um, U- Usman... Yeah, Usman Nurmagomedov, the list goes on, though. They have tons of great wrestlers as champions over in Bellator versus some really good kickboxers at PFL. Not to say they're not great wrestlers, too, but their champions are really good strikers. And Scott Coker seems like he's willing to work with anyone. He seems easy to work with with how much stuff he can get done, how his fighters go and fight other, do boxing or BKFC or what, what have you. They do other things and come back. He's easy to work with, it seems. That would be super, super fun to see. UFC says they're not interested in it at all. Um, you know, he says if a fighter's good enough to, Dana says a fighter's good enough to be in the UFC, they'll make it to the UFC. We don't need to put on a show just to promote this other organization. But yeah, it was a great night of fights. I love the cross-promotion idea. I love the competitive, the competitive spirit of that, the who's the best, who's got the best, and we're going to find out we're not afraid. All right, and in other news for uh, MMA, boxing, what have you, Jeff Neal is out of his fight with Shavkat Rachmanov um, due to an undisclosed injury. Brian Barberena said he would step in on short notice at 170, um, and Shavkat said that he would be interested in that. Let's do it for the fans. UFC said, no, that's not what we're doing. They're still looking for a fighter, but I imagine they're looking for a top 10 or top 15 guy for Shavkat to help bolster him up the rankings. We'll have to see. Um, Bellator recently signed former UFC title challenger Sarah McMahon, and she's looking to um, go straight to the top of the division. She wants to fight with Cyborg eventually. She was super tough in the UFC. She just said Bellator offered her some money that she could not turn down. And then we have uh, interesting development here. We have Anthony Smith. He was scheduled to fight Jamal Hill last month um, on this January 21st pay-per-view that's coming up. He's now not fighting Jamal Hill because Jamal's taking on Glover Teixeira on that pay-per-view for the title. So Anthony Smith is training with Jamal Hill for this fight, helping him get ready for Glover and uh, be prepared for that and everything. And the weirdest thing about it is if either of these guys aren't able to go, Glover or Jamal, Anthony Smith says he's the stand-in, he's the backup for that fight. So how weird would it be if these two train together the whole training camp and then they end up fighting each other on the pay-per-view for the title? after uh, learning everything about each other and whatnot. 
That would be that would be fucking hilarious, honestly. All right, and that's what we got for you in the news. Um, next weekend, we don't have a lot coming up. There's only one real card I can think of at this time, and it's a YouTube boxer versus a washed-up MMA prospect that's never done anything. Yes, KSI versus Dylan Dennis, and it's probably going to be a terrible fight. I bet it does not even happen. Dylan Dennis is all talk and just never does shit. But that's all we got um, for this next weekend. Fights that are coming up this year, at the beginning of this year, that I'm most excited for. Fights that are just going to be bangers. They're going to be awesome. We have Kelvin Gastelum kicking off the year against Nazardin Imavov on January 14th. They're headlining the first uh, UFC fight night this year. And then January 21st, we get to see Glover Teixeira take on uh, Jamal Hill, as I just mentioned. Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno 4 and Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. That's all going to be on UFC 283 in Brazil. February 4th, we have Ryan Bader taking on Fedor Emelianenko for the Bellator heavyweight title and what's Fedor and what is Fedor's retirement fight. So his last fight, he's trying to get one back against Ryan Bader. In that same night, we have Derek Lewis taking on Sergey Spivak um, in the UFC fight night as well. The next weekend, we get to see Islam Makachev take on Alexander Volkanovsky for the lightweight title, as well as Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett for the interim featherweight title. And then February 18th, Cheeto Vera versus Sandhagen. Cheeto Vera versus Corey Sandhagen, if you're not familiar. That's going to be an absolute war. Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann on February 25th. Derek Brunson versus Drikas Duplessis on March 4th, as well as Bo Nickel making his UFC debut, taking on Jamie Pickett, a super tough test. It's going to be great to see what Bo Nickel can do. He's got a ton of hype around him, and people say he's already ready to be the champion. And then finally for UFC, we have Roman Delize taking on Marvin Vittori on March 18th. So those are all going to be great fights, um, I think, anyways. They're great matchmaking. And then if you're uh, just looking for a little bit more, a little bit more to – uh, consume a little bit more sports. Amazon Prime One Championship, January thirteenth, February tenth, March twenty fourth. They have cards on all of those dates, and they're going to be amazing. They put on great cards every time. They have mixed, mixed cards really. They have Muay Thai, kickboxing, gr- submission grappling, MMA. They do it all over there. They're super interesting. I really implore you to check them out if you get the chance, um, because yeah, they just their their production. It's great, and it's on Amazon Prime. Everybody has it. Um, if you know your wife orders a lot of packages or something, you get Amazon Prime for free probably. So check that out. That's all we have for you today. Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, thanks for being with me all last year. I really appreciate all the support I've been receiving. We're going to do it again this year. Keep it going and uh, hope for a great new year. A lot, of, a lot of fights coming up. I can't wait. And next week we're going to preview that Kelvin Gasolin versus Imavov fight card. And we'll make some picks. We'll do a pick em. And we're going to keep track of our picks this year and see how we do by, by the end of the year. I'm sure we'll be positive. But thanks for tuning in. This has been Matt with Blood and Beer.